This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster, celebrating our bravery in all of it. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning, and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are, while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce, and I'm so thankful that you're here. All right, you guys, I have been getting sent this woman's work for a few years now. All of my teachers have referenced her. Podcast guests reference her all the time. My friends have used her work to call in their kings. And still, I felt resistance to it. At times, I would even cringe. And so just like with the book, A Course in Miracles, I was like, what the fuck is here? I still need to finish that book, by the way. What is it, though, that's happening in me? And so I started to dive in more just like I did with the book, just like I do anytime something really fucking bothers me. I was in fear of men's power because of how I'd been abused. And I've realized that men having less power does not make a woman safer. That has become so apparent in this woman's uprising that we've seen and been in. It's been beautiful, but we do this together. Otherwise, we just take turns needing to heal, needing to rise again. It's time we rise together. Also, a lot of her work is on a woman being confident, and I think that pricked at me too at the time, prior to a lot of work and healing. Currently, I feel very open to her work and I'm in love with how she teaches women to better understand, to better connect, and to better serve men. I want to worship the one in front of me, and her work is very powerful in making that a smoother process. Also, what is more powerful than union and understanding each other better? It's one thing to feel loved. It's another to feel understood. And that's what her work helps us to do, understand. She illuminates human characteristics that proceed and express themselves regardless of gender, age, and upbringing. She distinguishes normal human instincts that compel both men and women to behave in ways that contradict and undermine our own purposes, goals, values, needs, and relationships. Through her seminars, books, online programs, and media contributions, she has given millions of people access to more fulfilling lives, loving relationships, stronger families, and productive organizations. Her exploration of human behavior began in 1991, that's over 30 years ago, with her decision to study men, to find out how she was bringing out the worst in them, and hopefully how to bring out the best. Her success in understanding men naturally led to studying women's behavior and making vital connections between the two. I'm so excited to speak with her today. Please help me welcome Allison Armstrong to Untamed and Unashamed. Hi. Hi, thank you. Well, I just thought it was interesting when you said the philosophy section because I've often wondered, okay, so what am I? <laughs> You're a philosopher. <laughs> I found out. I looked up. I looked up philosopher. And went, oh, I'm a philosopher. Oh, fascinating. You are. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a pioneer for sure. <laughs> and when you said that, I was like. Oh, wow. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I love that. My pastor calls me a philosopher all the time. And I'm like, oh, I like that. <laughs> so I was sharing 
in the intro to the listeners that when I first came across your work, it must've been six or seven years ago, I felt so much resistance and I unfollowed you. And <laughs> cause I, at the time I was afraid of men's power and I, um, your work is so much about confidence as well. And at the time I was not in confidence. And so, you know, years went by and it feels like so many podcast guests reference your work. Every teacher I have had is like, Allison says, <laughs> And so I was like, okay, I meant to, I meant to dive in here. And so I dove back in and it's been really beautiful this, this last year to feel um, so much more aligned to it and to realize like, wow, I was, I was resistant from a really unhealed place and just to see the contrast in that. So I'm really excited to, to have you on today and to dive into it all. <laughs> I was the same way, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. In 19 Yes, in 1991. What? Yeah. <laughs> Emasculating men? Well, how will I protect myself? <laughs> I don't know yeah. about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'd love to hear kind of a quick overview on, on that part of your journey, on what brought you to this work. I know also something I'm super curious about is the question, why are men wonderful in the beginning, that that changed the direction of your work I read. So I'd love to hear about those little pieces. <laughs> I also love how you come at the work from questions, like you're curious. And that's, that's something that I find um, for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very curious. And I noticed that like, it's the questions that tend to lead you through these really beautiful experiences. Yeah, often the questions are more important than the answers. And when someone is asking a question and then they get the answer they wanted and then they close down the question um, mm. and sort of keep asking it, like I have questions pop into my head. And for a long time, I thought it was my brain. And then as my life experience has evolved, I realized, no, that's guidance. <laughs> These yeah. questions are definitely guidance and, and I'm grateful for them. And um so tell me, Jade, have you listened to or read The Queen's Code? I've listened to um, a lot of your talks. I haven't listened to the actual Queen's Code, but I just purchased it on your okay. site uh, where, okay. where you get to, yeah, you get a bundle. Yeah. Awesome. So, And my um, best friend says that that book is how she, how she called in her king. So I'm very excited. <laughs> surprised. Well, yeah. So the, the Queen's Code is fiction um, in the way that it's, it's told through the points of view of the eight different characters. And what might be considered the main character, Kimberly, in the first chapter, she describes going to a seminar with her girlfriend and her girlfriend confronting um, the trainer who was talking about love and communication and how that confrontation changed her life. Um, because her friend was called a frog farmer, as in someone mm -hmm. who brings out the worst in men. And that actually happened to me. <laughs> I was sitting next to a colleague who challenged the trainer, you know, why is it that men are wonderful in the beginning? And, mm -hmm. um, and his response, you know, that some women turn frogs into princes, <laughs> you, my dear, turn princes into frogs, my oh. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't that that question changed the direction of my work. It actually altered the scope of my work (laughs) because as I sat there with the realization that I was brilliant at bringing out the worst in men and also really excited because the alternative to that I was bringing out the worst in them was that they are their worst. The worst Mm -hmm. is who men are. And that's what I thought about them. And so as I was sitting there going, oh, my gosh, I'm a frog farmer. (laughs) The question popped into my head. What if men are responding to women? And I found these questions to be very specifically worded. And for some reason, since the very beginning, I... I I follow it to the letter. So it wasn't, you know, how are men responding to women or, um, you know, what maybe men are just responding to women all the time. Just what if, what if, and so Mm -hmm. I had this what if, which allowed me to discover the ways that men are responding to women and the ways that they're not responding to women. Mm -hmm. And as women, we usually have it backwards. We take personally what is not personal at all. And we don't take personally, we think it's, they're just a a jerk or something, what they are in fact responding to that's particular to us. And so, I mean, I had been passionate about human behavior and an advocate, an advocate for people who couldn't be heard, right? So I was the chairperson of the County Task Force on Homelessness. I started something called the Orange County Summit for Children. So advocating for people who couldn't be heard. And then when this frog farmer thing happened to me, and it it seemed just personal. For a very long time, it seemed personal. And, um, and so I just, it was something I did on the side. <laughs> I started studying men, and I thought it would take two or three months to learn everything that was worth knowing about them. I thought they were very <laughs> subject, very shallow subject, and and even worse than that, to, to tell you the truth. I, I questioned if they had souls. Mm. And but then as I started, I had to learn to listen to them. Um, because when we interrupt them, we don't get the whole story. We we, we don't even get below the surface, which is why we think men are superficial. <laughs> and um and so as I started studying them. I was using, I was using what I learned against them. I didn't realize it, how much I interact with them as an enemy. Like mm. that I, I, it wasn't that I didn't trust their power. I counted on that they would use it all against me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, um, and so I didn't realize as I was learning how important women are to men, I use that information to actually manipulate them and diminish them more effectively. And then that's when a friend of mine, her name is Ellen Hurst, uh, she called me up. It was about six months into studying men when she called me up and called me on it and asked me to stop. And I I was not interested in stopping. <laughs> How will I protect myself? And then she pulled the trump card. She, she, she mentioned my son. <laughs> You're even doing it to Jeff. And... Mm. Jeff Jeff was not yet three at the time. And and I could see that I was trying to 
carve and crush and suffocate mm. the man in the heart of him. I thought I was wow. making him a better person. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And um, and in the Queen's Code, what Kimberly described another time, laying down her sword, it happened to me. And I'll I'll just leave it there because the story makes it safer it makes it easier like if you had started with the queen's code um it would have probably been easier for you to interact with my work because it mm-hmm. has um it has such an acknowledgement of of what i ended up having to pay attention to for 15 years in order to be able to write it and that is what triggers women to diminish men's power and ability what are all the ways that we do it? And then lastly, what are all the ways that we justify it? Mm-hmm. And unless we deal with all three, right? The the trigger is the triggers are instinct, their fear, their frustration that can get exacerbated by trauma, right? And then there's all these ways that we do it, some on purpose and some we don't even know that that diminishes them. And then we justify it by all different reasons that we think that they deserve it and mostly that they're misbehaving. We think they know the right thing to do, which is what I would do and they're purposely not doing it. And therefore they need to be punished. They need to be diminished. They can't be allowed to run around empowered or bad things. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Yeah, I love how you brought up the part with your son because it's so important for us as women when we fear men or when we've been abused by men um, to look at how we may be looking for that in our sons and 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 suppressing certain things in them out of fear. So that was a really beautiful um, point that you brought up that I'd like to look at in my life. Um, and... I'd love to dive into like all of these parts that you've brought up as well separately. So one, one thing, um, you know, you brought up like, we know what's right. And I've definitely been that woman. Like I am the Oracle of truth. (laughs) And so, um, I've definitely felt that before. I'm curious. Um, I saw that you have a live webinar coming up on conflict and I believe it, it, it'll air, it becomes live the week after your, this episode will air. So perfect timing. And I'm curious, what can we do if we kind of as a teaser for that webinar, what can we do if we tend to consistently look for something to work on in our relationships? And that's kind of the source of conflict. I know that I tend to do this and I'm not sure if it's this feeling for a need for conflict, it feels to me sometimes like preventative maintenance in my mind, um, or my constant drive to grow if I want to bring, bring my self-righteousness to it, but it's something I'd like to cool myself on a bit. So yeah. What, what are your, what are your thoughts on that when we're always looking for something to work on in in relationship? Um, Oh boy. It depends on where we're looking from. Right. Mm-hmm. So one way you could, if you wanted to group things, um, are we in the pursuit of fulfilling what I would call actual needs, which I'll, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I define that in a moment. Are we 
Um, as many people are, people who fight, like they consider in their relationship, there's they fight, mm-hmm. <laughs> not mm-hmm. not physically, but but just that that sense. We got in a fight. Um, those mm-hmm. are usually over expectations, and and I'll go back and distinguish those two. And then the last one is is sometimes we're just in pursuit of preferences. And we're just sure that our preference is is right. <laughs> that, yeah. What do you mean you don't care, right? Like, um, do you like, like one of the things I love about my boyfriend is he butters my toast the way I would. He makes sure the butter gets oh. all the way up to the edges. <laughs> 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 and I'm astonished at people who don't do that, like, Obviously, toast is better with the butter. Makes sense to me. (laughs) A lot of people don't. They just swipe it across the middle and then they take a huge bite, right? And maybe that's the thing. They have a bigger mouth or something. But (laughs) if you you look at the difference, and um, so you've got these preferences, which are just the way that you like things to be, which Mm -hmm. is why it's wonderful and actually necessary as a woman to feel liked, that that you like how I am. In fact, the way I am is how you prefer a human being to be. And mm-hmm. I think it's one of the things that we need to acknowledge and appreciate in each other a lot, that we keep telling each other, oh, I like that about you. And we learn something new. You do that like, oh, I like that about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. and so we're telling them, what we, I prefer how you are. I prefer how you think. I prefer how you make decisions. I prefer how you fill in the blank. Um, I prefer how my boyfriend drives, right? I like how he drives, even though that was our first conflict. (laughs) Um, Maybe we'll tell that story. But so if you go for preferences on one end, which is just, I like that. And then you go to needs on the other end and the way that I define needs, which there's a lot of baggage and a lot of instinct around the word need. So it, it often works better to use the word requirement, which in the dictionary, a need is an urgent requirement of something. So they're synonymous. And some people do better with require because we don't just need something. We need something in order to. And require mm. seems to have that in it. We require it in order to. So if you're going to be in a close relationship with me in any context, there are certain things I require. There are certain things I require someone generate in terms of their ways of being. And there are certain behaviors that I require. And if they aren't that or don't do that, that's fine. They're just not going to be in close proximity to me. And, And then that expands for people who are single, for example, that you're better off being single unless somebody meets certain requirements that you would be then better off being with them. Mm-hmm. So in requirements, it's what do you, one way to look at it is there's a big benefit to having that need fulfilled and a, a big cost to having it not fulfilled. And a, mm-hmm. a perfect example is enough sleep. There's a big yeah. benefit and all these capacities that we gain, all these behaviors that are just natural. We don't have to try to be patient, for example. That's one of the things I get out of sleep is patience. 
Um, and, and then there's a big cost to not getting enough sleep. We're not just not patient. <laughs> we're rude. <laughs> we're intense. Yeah. We're stressful. We pressure like this. So, and I'm just naming one quality and most people get at least 10 different capacities out of sleep. Yeah. So, yeah. So we need, like, there's a legitimate cost and benefit in there. Like it, it's real. You can see it. And then an expectation is tricky because, and one of the ways to tell that you're fighting over expectations is if the word should is involved. Mm. You should have known that. You should have done that. I shouldn't have had to ask. I shouldn't have had to tell you. I shouldn't have had to state the obvious. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have had to say that sentence. It was obvious what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. So... You should have cleared the dishes. You should have brought me flowers. You should. If there's a should involved, it's an expectation. And mm-hmm. the gnarly thing that happens, Jade, is that, first of all, expectations, they seem so real. They don't seem like it's something I personally expect. It's that mm-hmm. everybody knows. <laughs> Everybody knows this. So that's why that right thing shows up. Everybody mm-hmm. knows this is the right thing to do it or the right thing to do. And mm-hmm. um, there's a beautiful line in Vi- Viola Davis's autobiography. And, and then she just keeps going. And I just wanted to like, stop, like, stop. She said, I wasn't a good girlfriend. I didn't teach my boyfriend how to treat me. Hmm. Oh my gosh. Right. We think they know and that they should know and that there's a reason they're not treating me right. Yeah. <laughs> that if, what if, what if they don't have a clue? What if we're all, we have all this human instinct, right? And we, and then we have all these layers on top of that. And by the time you get to us as an individual, we really do need to speak up for ourselves. We really do. I say, do, do ask and do tell where yeah. the human don't ask and don't tell, and they should already know because it's obvious. And mm-hmm. so those are the biggest conflicts. So those ones in, in expectations, and then the most important conflicts <laughs> um, have to do with values. Mm-hmm. Really like the heart of who you are and what makes life worth living. And especially the more that I learned about men, and how internally motivated they are, and the older they get, the more they define success by does do all the parts of their external world express their inner values? So if loyalty is one of their values, do they have loyalty in their friendships, in their business relationships, amongst their family members, members in their in their romantic relationships? Oh boy, I didn't know I was going to go there, but that's another way that we end up undoing everything because as women to be told something that's really important to you, that makes me really important. So we have an instinct that we're going to go tell our friends or our family the important thing that you told me about me because then that shows them how important I am to you. And we don't know that to him that was disloyal. That we can't be yeah. trusted with that information because mm. to them, 
privacy and honoring privacy is part of their code. They mm. that to them is obvious. That's why they say, you know, well, why didn't you ask him about that? Well, if he wanted me to know, he'd tell me. And it's why men don't ask women questions. They figure if you want them to know, you'll tell them. They don't know that if you're not asking questions, you're not interested in me. And if you're not interested in me, I can't connect with you. And if I can't connect with you, I'm not safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, so I actually have to teach women to keep confidences, no matter how tempting, and teach men to ask questions, no matter how strange that is to them. Yeah. I start with, you know, well, ask women what their favorite questions are. And then ask that question. Don't ask, how are you? You're going to get a report that will last a long time. And she'll, she'll do that out of a commitment to accuracy and honesty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. when she says, how are you? And you say, fine, you're concealing and you're dishonest. And there's something you don't want to share with me. So you must not really love me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you see? I mean, it's just. Yeah. Women think men should be like women, and we interact with them as if they are, and they're not. And men think women, if we just, if we just focused, we'd be like them. Mm. But they have our brains not built that way. Yeah. And the other things they love about us, like how connected we are and aware that we are of them, that's a product of Dyfi's awareness, not focus. It, yeah. You got to pick. Yeah, I love that. And you brought up, you know, asking questions. And I know that um, you learned a lot about men by asking the question, what is your favorite thing about women? So I'm curious, what what uh, what was it that you learned? <laughs> oh, my gosh, we could spend the whole rest of the time on that. Um, really? I have like five more questions. <laughs> yeah, after. Well, it's the well, I'll just say this. The, if if we ask a question, what is your favorite thing about women? And I've mm-hmm. had men do this on panels in our workshops. They'll be like, hmm, is it? I don't know. It might be that. It, well, hmm, oh, but there's that. And oh, oh, but it could be that. Oh, but there's that and that. And oh, and then, and we're like, oh, shoot. We should have said, what do you love about women instead of your favorite thing, which now mm. they're really committed to the question and they want to do a good job for you. So they're going to try to figure out what the favorite thing is. And meanwhile, we want to know what all of them are. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. really funny. Yeah. Yeah. So like, what do you, what do you like about me? What do you, what do you, what do you like about me? Or like my boyfriend, Dan, for Valentine's Day, I, I had, I asked him for a card with adjectives. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's what I wanted. I wanted adjectives. And yeah. he was so cute. He looked it up in the dictionary, what an adjective was. And there's was writing Aww. in the card all these adjectives that he put in these sentences about me. Do you know? <laughs> yeah. I love Girls that. We need yeah. a lot of adjectives. And I know too, you've, you've, you talk about like waiting 30 seconds after you ask a question. Yeah. Do you want to share, share the reason for that? Oh my gosh. I have had so many couples tell me that they changed their entire relationship dynamic 
just by what we call waiting for the well. And um, so one of the things that is an absolute myth about men is that they're non-committal. And in fact, they're the opposite. They are naturally committal, which is what makes them more awake and aware about it. Like they're very um, discerning. And, but one of the things that they'll do is when you ask them a question, they'll commit to the answer. If you Mm. say, what do you love about women? Mm -hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. What do I love about women? Well, he's now thinking about the best answer he can give you to your question. Mm -hmm. But as a woman, we expect the answer off the top of his head. So if he doesn't answer immediately, he must not have understood the question. Or he must not love anything about women. Well, so what do you like about women? Oh, okay, wait, I got to disconnect from the first question that I committed to. Okay, you really want the answer to this question. What do I like about women? Well, that's a totally different question. What do Mm -hmm. I like about women, right? <laughs> and by then we're we're giving them multiple choice. Yeah. Or, or don't you like anything about women? Or no wonder you treat me this way. You don't even like or love women. I'm not, you know, like we just we react and we don't know if we just waited. And I don't mean mm-hmm. wait with your foot tapping, wait <laughs> with this intensity, mm-hmm. staring them down. Just, just comfortable with the pause. Just be open. Yeah. Just be open. And and what's interesting is if we don't wait for the answer, we demonstrate that we weren't committed to the question. Ooh, and, yeah. yeah. And if you do that enough, they won't even bother to commit to the question because they mm. know you're asking about things you don't actually care about and it's not worth their time. So they'll yeah. stop committing to the question because they can tell we didn't commit to the question, yeah. which is... One of the things we have to start with, don't ask a man something that you don't actually want the answer to. Mm, beautiful. And you're prepared to give him the time mm-hmm. he needs to come up with it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. And just being careful with the pause. Yeah. And you yeah, can if you're on 31. And if you're Oh, it's a Mississippi. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, not one, two, three, four, five, six. And then if you if you're on the phone, or you'll you have you'll have to start setting it up. Like I know that you're I know I usually interrupt you and don't give you enough time to answer. And so I'm practicing something new. And so I'm I'm practicing just listening. That thing I always ask you for, I'm practicing just listening and waiting, including you could say, I need to think about that, or I don't really have an answer to that. And that's acceptable. I won't argue with you about it. So, but I'm just going to be quieter. And if you need me to make little noises, so you know, we didn't disconnect, like a, mm, <laughs> I will just tell. Mm. Like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, I just did it. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love speaking out loud what I'm working on, because it gives me also like self-accountability, because I'm like, I said it, I got to stick to it. Um, yeah, I love that invitation. Thank you so much. So um, one other th- series that you have, um, you have so many and they're all incredible, but one that really <laughs> stood out to me was about dating in the dark. And yes. so, um, yeah, in the part that I'm so interested in that I've actually talked about 
and and uh, the the it was with Layla Martin, my teacher, and she referenced you in the episode. Oh, yeah, yeah yes. it was about chemistry. So we've been diving in, Layla and I, and so many of my friends diving into chemistry and whether that like how to know when it's a trauma bond or when it's just connection. Um, how do you, how do you yeah? So I'd love to hear your wisdom on chemistry. <laughs> Um, well, are you dating in the dark was the first of, and in the introduction to a series called dating with distinctions and now they're packaged together. So are you dating in the dark? You want to get out of the dark dating with distinctions. And what I found in all these years of chemistry, since I learned so much about it is we have to talk about it with the words too much in front of it <laughs> because chemistry is not a bad thing chemistry, no we don't want to be like just feeling nothing yeah that's what's so confusing for me well chemistry is actually the right term it, it means that your response to the other person is a cocktail of testosterone and epinephrine and so testosterone you could associate with hunting mode So capture that and take it back to the cave. And that will happen to both men and women. We're like, I gotta get that man. I gotta get him. I gotta get him. I have to have that one. Yeah. And yes. And and it's scary when there's someone has too much chemistry for you, it's frightening because they don't really see you. They're just Mm. in acquisition mode and no one really wants to be acquired. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We're much more complex than that. And Mm -hmm. again, too much chemistry. And Mm. you can measure that you have too much chemistry if you won't speak up about what you require, if you won't speak Uh up about what you need because you're afraid of losing them. Mm -hmm. So you're, sacrificing yourself you're dishonoring yourself in order to keep that thing that you had a chemical reaction to and both men and women and that's how you know you have too much chemistry so if you Mm. can set a boundary if you can speak up for yourself if you can even after setting the boundary you pursue the enforcement of it these are all good signs that there isn't too much chemistry Mm-hmm. And what we recommend in Dating with Distinctions, I think it's the third or fourth um, episode, is actually before you ever meet someone in person, express something that you need or require and watch how they react to it. And I, mm-hmm. I give examples of all these possible reactions and which ones are green lights and which ones are the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we are not meeting ever. <laughs> yeah. We are Continuing this exploration right now. And um, it's very important. It's, it's, we put ourselves in anywhere from dangerous to completely dissatisfying situations by not assessing ahead of time. Does this person care about what I need? Because when someone has too much chemistry, they don't care about what the other person needs not because they're a bad person but because the caring part of them is being overwhelmed by the too much chemistry mm. not at the yeah. forefront of the 
motivation. It's no secret that shame-free sex and pleasure are powerful avenues to deeper connections and an overall sense of well-being. And accessible, expertly designed toys can play a big part in getting you there and making you feel more alive. Dame is leading a sexual wellness revolution as a women-powered resource for game-changing pleasure products and supportive content. Started by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops her products based on research and feedback from people like you. They're making better sexual experiences and more pleasure available to all. Dame's easy-to-use toys and accessories are made with body-safe, doctor-approved materials and smart design principles, and they've earned glowing praise from the New York Times, the Today Show, and many more including me. Whether you're looking to shake things up with your partner or upgrade your self-care routine, they've got something for every nightstand. Even better, Dame offers three-year warranties and hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. And I will guarantee you satisfaction because I use their products myself. They're amazing. My favorite one is their suction toy. I call it the clit sucker, but it's uh, spelt A-E-R. It's called AIR. It's a powerful arousal tool for fans of oral stimulation. It creates thrilling pulses of air and a soft seal around your clitoris so you can go all the way right away. Guys, I have like eight to 10 orgasms almost every time I use it. I use it during sex and in my own pleasure practice. You will not be disappointed. They're also sending me a bunch of their other products, so I'll keep you updated. But as of right now, this one's my favorite and I highly recommend it. Go to dameproducts.com and use code JADE today for 15% off your order with Dame. Now on with the show. Oh, I love that distinction because prior, I was I really was nervous about chemistry. Like I, I love chemistry. <laughs> it feels great, but I really was nervous. And, and when you're speaking that, um, you know, the ability to still speak your requirements and your needs. Like my whole body was just like, ah, okay, we can have both. <laughs> we can have it. And part of the really good news, and I talk about this in Are You Dating in the Dark, is once you recognize, truly it's addictive. Chemistry is addictive. And once you recognize the not goodness about too much chemistry, mm-hmm. And then you start paying attention to what causes chemistry, which for women, it's the perception of strength. We can actually cause chemistry. We, we, mm. can, we can let it subside and have an incredible friendship in our romance and then rev up the chemistry when we want to. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's yeah. manipulatable. Chemistry is highly manipulatable. And it's best to know that for ourselves instead of when we try to manipulate it for the other person. Yeah. Do you know, like one of the things is kind of funny. I've seen this across a room. I've seen too much chemistry and, and I'm watching this man and woman and they started this conversation and then I watched their bodies. I couldn't hear a word they said, but she started posing, which is what women naturally do. We're emphasizing the curves, which cause mm-hmm. chemistry. And they love yeah. our curves. Primal. 
exactly right so they so so she was posing and then he was putting his shoulders back and puffing his chest out and looking bigger right perception of strength so he's like (laughs) she's like (laughs) 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 which you know batting your eyelashes when we have chemistry that attraction makes us bat our eyelashes and then what makes a woman attractive to a man? A woman that's attracted to him. But it's a pinball machine. It has nothing to do with yeah. happiness or fulfillment or honoring or respect or mm-hmm. truth or credibility. It doesn't even have going in the same direction in it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But it's beautiful when it can be lumped in with all of those things. And I think for me, uh, chemistry was an addiction for me. Um, I I was a a thrill seeker, a sensation seeker. And I loved chemistry that took me out of my body, just like plant medicine, because it just was so, you know, um, orgasmic, I suppose. And what I really shifted in my, in my desire was chemistry that keeps me in my body. That feels really grounded. That feels really, um, it still feels like, like there's alignment here and there's not that like the chemistry that like borders on fear almost, you know? So it's really beautiful. Your answer. Yeah. Thank you. Good job. Good job. You shifting that. Yeah, yeah, I could yeah. Because I wand and have every human do that, <laughs> we'd have a different planet. Yeah, yeah. And another thing that would cause a different planet that I want to discuss with you on is emasculating men. So um, I'd love to just hear from you, like the sneaky ways that this creeps into our behavior. Um, I know that you said objectification. I believe you said objectification is the female equivalent of emasculation. Did you say that? It's the most obvious way that a woman can um, start to relate to the loss of power and the rage or fury that Mm. um, and the disdain that Mm. um, is the result of being emasculated. So when we're objectified, we experience very similar emotions and thoughts and short and long-term reactions as mm-hmm. men do when they're emasculated. Mm-hmm. Um, truthfully, emasculation is something that everybody does. Every yeah. And we do it to everybody. Women, mm-hmm. we diminish our own ability to produce results, which is how mm-hmm. we define what is actually emasculating. It diminishes someone's ability to produce results. So we do it to men, we do it to women, we do it to ourselves. Men do it to themselves and to men and to women. And objectification is a very handy reactionary way to diminish something's power. Mm -hmm. And um, by reducing a complex, multi-dimensional being into a teenager, typical teenager. (laughs) Oh, you know, old man, right? You know how old men are, right? Or what a bitch, right? Or, oh, Miss Cranky Pants, right? Or typical Mm -hmm. accountant. I mean, we will, we just objectify. We just, I think of it like this. We Mm -hmm. put a handle on it. 
-hmm. (laughs) If we can label it, we feel like we have a handle on it and now we know how to deal with it or create a strategy to deal with it. But it's Mm -hmm. an illusion. It's an Mm -hmm. illusion and it makes us us feel like we're going to be effective. Oh yeah, okay, now I understand what I'm dealing with. But we're actually less effective because we stop Mm -hmm. being curious. We stop being like, so who are you really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's why you do what you do. Oh, this is the little adjustment. If we made this little adjustment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like Dan and I, we love to work on projects together. We both like to do stuff outdoors. And, but in the beginning, we would end up in these horrible arguments, these horrible conflicts. And when I started paying attention to it, it was, it was literally the difference between it and this and that, that, Mm. that, that he was talking about wasn't the, that I thought he was talking about, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I was following his instructions and then he was mad, but I was following the instructions for my, that not his, that. So whenever Mm -hmm. he goes this or that, or, you know, it or the, I'm like, wait, what it, (laughs) What is the it that you're telling me? To do that? <laughs> <laughs> Show me. And if I'm diligent about that, we we don't have any problems. We work together beautifully. We're like calls it hag strong, which is you know mm. last name put together. We're hag strong. It <laughs> 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 so. simple thing, you know. Verify and clarify. <laughs> okay, let me mm. tell you back what I think you want me to do. No, just do it. No, if I can't tell you back <laughs> and verify that I got it right, <laughs> including mm-hmm. what the it is, I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I require being set up to win. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that clarification, because in my mind, emasculation was was when you're talking down to a man in a way that makes him feel like less than a man, um, which I can see how it still fits into that category. But yeah, oh, yeah thank that, you for that. that. Works. Very well, but that's one that women are pretty conscious about. Why are you so mm. stupid? Mm-hmm. Why did you do it that way? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's, it's criticism. And can you hear the expectation in it? The mm-hmm. shouldn't it? Yeah. 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 But we also emasculate men by withholding. Withholding admiration. Mm-hmm. Well, what do they deserve to be admired for? Withholding accountability. Mm-hmm. They, they don't. They'll help. But they, if something's important to them, they want to be accountable for it. They want to, they want to have it be their responsibility to get her done. And we mm-hmm. often just ask them to implement without letting them take on any accountability, or we just put it on them. That's your job. Well, yeah. I never agreed with this, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I when it comes to talk, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I just when it, on, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it comes to speaking to a man, um, there's two things I'm curious on as well. One is how we can inspire more honesty. Um, mm. Yeah, how we can inspire more honesty. And then I know you're you're big about how when we complain, we don't actually get what we want. So I'm curious about how to inspire more honesty, and then how we can share, how we can express something to men in a way that speaks to their heart and spirit and calls them up instead of out. Um, yeah. 
but inspiring more honesty, I'm really curious about, because I desire a, a pattern in my relationships is that I've, I've been lied to a lot, especially in the beginning. And I really want to be a safe space for the truth. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So you asked two really big ones and um, the answers to how do we inspire um, the other things you were talking about, like how do we lift them up and bring out the mm -hmm. best in them? The easiest way, honestly, is to listen to the Queen's Code audiobook. And okay. I, strongly, <laughs> I strongly recommend listening over reading or do both yeah. because mm -hmm. when we're reading the book to ourselves, we can't help but filter what, what we think the tone is, what mm. we think that sounds like. And um, I didn't write the yeah. Queen's Code. I did all the research to write the Queen's Code, but when it came time to write it, it was just like keys to the kingdom. I sat down, a screen opened up and like, it looks like it's right here, <laughs> a projection of yeah. my, I don't know, my, it doesn't feel like it's in my mind and a movie runs uh, and yeah. he's the kingdom. I typed the, that movie in eight days. Wow. And the, yeah. The queen's code, 96,000 words. It took me three weeks. I just watched wow. and typed. Nobody can write a book that long, that fast. Wow. I watched a movie and it, it took me a long time just to, to be public about that. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a best-selling book worldwide, like in the top half of a percent of books ever. And, yeah. but I, and I didn't write it. I typed it. I watched the movie and I typed yeah. it. I didn't invent those characters. I didn't decide they were going to do what they do. I listened to it and I cry. I, I, it still makes me laugh and cry. And, uh, um, but it's the best place to learn the language of heroes, which is what men respond to with their heart and mm. their soul speaks mm -hmm. to who they are. But we have to clear out the attitude that has us not be able to use it in context. And then it turns to crap. Um, in answer to your question, how do you inspire honesty? The first thing I would tell you is, <laughs> yay, it's a good thing we already talked about chemistry because too much chemistry makes people lie, men and women. Wow. Wonder bra. Mm. Wonder bra is a lie. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that posing, right? That's, you know, ah. up, right? So um, wearing what we think they would like to see us in, all those kinds of things, um, instead of because they wow. honor ourselves and make us feel the way we want to feel. Um, uh, so chemistry does that. And the, the hardest thing, Jade, for us to understand is we have an expectation of honesty. We think it should happen. <laughs> and it's one of the things that makes a big difference to have. It can also hurt for someone to be honest. And, um, there's a, a little webinar on our on our site under shop that is um, there's two of them. <laughs> um, why men lie and why women lie. And mm. the second one is why you can't trust men to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. Yes. And. And lying is human. 
Lying mm-hmm. is one of the most effective ways to do all the things that creatures do in response to a threat or an opportunity. Fight, mm-hmm. flight, or freeze. And we have fight lying, we have flight lying. Oh, I have a phone call. <laughs> we have <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah, sure. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. Lying is natural. Lying is normal. Truth is my second highest value. And I mm. need truth or I feel crazy. There are people mm-hmm. who just expect lying and they're not driven crazy by lying. They just, they, men will even joke about, oh yeah, we'll get together and lie. <laughs> and they tease because they're going to boast and they know in the boasting, they're going to exaggerate. So they know they're mm-hmm. going to lie. It's like, but it's fun. They don't, mm-hmm. there's nothing at stake there. Right. And if you're going to have honesty, you have to celebrate honesty. Even when you don't like what they said, they have mm. to, the other person has to get more points, more appreciation, more respect for telling their truth for them that you don't like their truth. And, and we talk about this in <laughs> why you can't trust men to tell the truth because men are smart and they'll tell us the truth about something and we'll get really upset and we'll think that if we're really upset about what's true for them, they'll change what's true for them. But they're smarter than that. That thing has been true for them for decades, and it didn't cause any problems until they told it to you. (laughs) 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 Women are so motivated by pleasing, and this is instinctual, it's not self-esteem, and we're and so we're, we want to be pleasing. So we'll say what the person wants to hear. And we think and we're motivated by keeping people from being upset. And to a man, that's shameful. If you mm. keep to someone else's demands, so they won't be upset. Um, as one man said, no self-respecting man would ever do that. It, it's disgusting mm. to them to have your behavior different by not upsetting someone. And, mm. and they only do it when they're dependent. So to if, on their boss or the biggest client or um, their girlfriend for sex, don't upset her. We don't get laid tonight. Um, but dependency is not attractive in any way. It does not cause respect, admiration, love. So when we're trying to dominate men by being upset, which they'll call emotional, and it is, it's not feeling, it's not, it's this energy cruising and zipping around our body and winding us up, um, as opposed to feelings, which have a different nature about them. They have a location in our bodies. They, they let us know we have embodied, like, mm-hmm. Are you, have you embodied patience? Where is it in your body? How much of it do you have? We call it a tank, your patience tank. How full is your patience tank? How full is your love tank? Your compassion tank? Sorry, I've been at this for so long and every little thing you ask is pulling a string. That's this huge ball of yarn and it all ends up coming together, right? Yeah. Everything 
learned since 1991 has is congruent with everything else I've learned. And if yeah. it, it's incongruent, I just have to step back farther to see how, oh, that's how it goes in this picture. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's an honor to be able to sit and learn from you after 30 years of research. I was telling the listeners um, before you got on that it's one thing to feel loved. It's another thing to feel understood. And your work is helping us understand each other. And that mm-hmm. is just incredibly healing. So I'm so thankful uh, for what you're putting out into the world and all of the work that you've done and all of the questions that you've asked and the philosopher that you are. So yeah, I'm so thankful. I'd love to end with you just telling people where they can find you, where they can find your work, how they can access the Queen's Code and um, your yeah, how to find you on Instagram as well. Ah, well, Instagram, my, my daughter was teasing me when she was in charge of our social media. So Instagram is the Alison Armstrong. Okay. Um, <laughs> are you, that used to make me twitch. Are you, are you the Alison Armstrong? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm the Jade Bryce and it's because there was a Jade Bryce already taken and I didn't want social media, but I was working for a fight league. And it was in the contract that I had to promote all of the stuff. And so they made that handle for me. And I cringed. I cringed. I was like, what do you mean the? The? Like, it was so gross to me. But they were like, they wanted it to seem like a public figure. And now it's been 10 years. And I'm just like, I I still cringe sometimes when people ask. So. Well, I got desensitized. They, They did that on purpose. They said it to me enough until it became just whatever it is. I, yeah. I stopped twitching. Um, so Instagram <laughs> is, is the Alison Armstrong. Our website is alisonarmstrong.com. I fought that for a couple of decades. Um, and the Queen's Code, um, you can get the ebook like on Amazon and Kindle and mm-hmm. Barnes and Noble and whatnot. Um, and you can get it at lulu.com, print on demand in, in hard or soft cover. And the audiobook, um, which you can listen to on um, our app, uh, you have to get it at alisonarmstrong.com. We have not put it on Audible. All my stuff on Audible is, um, uh, boy, at least 15 years old. It's still good. It's still still completely valid. It's just not the newer stuff, which you find at our our website. That's where our online curriculum are. online curriculum is all the courses in there there's over 100 hours um and then all the short courses i do like uh dating with distinctions is a short course and um the upcoming do disconnect with conflict and that'll lead into couples connecting through conflict um so i'm really excited about that series yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Your work is, is like I said, it gets referenced all the time to me and, um, my, I mean, I, I couldn't run from it because I was meant to, <laughs> I was meant to dive in and I'm so thankful for that. So, um, and just your, you also being on the show, um, I can feel the light from you that like, this is, this is definitely your Dharma. And, and I'm just so thankful that you answered that call. Yeah. Mm, thanks. Me too. Thank you. Especially because it turned out to be so much bigger. Right. I thought it was something I was doing on this side for my own personal information. Mm. And then we started our workshops and I committed to doing what it took to write the book. 
because of a question that a kindergarten teacher asked me um, as I was advocating in, in schools and in education. And she said, but how do we teach them when they can't pay attention because they were up all night with their parents fighting? Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> all the work that I want to do in the world we have to fix this first or we can't solve any of the big problems as long as we're taking each other out. Okay. I, I called it the harmonic convergence. Mm. <laughs> my private study of men and my advocacy in the world collided. And yeah. we've, seen, we've seen what we do make a difference in the workplace, um, in families, in um relationships between friends. I mean, it's just, it's so much bigger than I knew when I began. I, I thought I would just stop bringing out the worst in men. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's generational work. It's so beautiful. You're changing the lives for sure of, of couples, but also of parents. Yeah. Yes. And their, and their children. So, so thankful, so incredibly thankful. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's been great to be here. And, and you keep going. Do your thing. <laughs> yeah. We need it. It's, we, this is, I mean, there's never been a better time in history to be a messenger. Mm. And, and it's amazing what technology provides in being able to get out messages that enhance the quality of people's lives and communities. So, I know. I always wonder if, if my parents had had access to what we have access to. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. But we also couldn't do it before now. We couldn't interact That's this true. way until I don't like how we won it. I mean, the, the cost of, of Feminism is a misnomer. <laughs> Women did not become more feminine. Um, right. But the, the, the price of how you went about it is, is uh, it's horrendous sometimes when you see it, um, especially yeah. as I interact with men. But if we didn't have the ability to support ourselves, if we were no longer dependent upon men for our survival, we couldn't be having these conversations. We'd have to just mm. keep we couldn't yeah. talk about yourself first or all is lost. Do yeah. not betray yourself no matter what. We couldn't. We had to betray ourselves. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So many threads there. <laughs> and yeah. so beautiful. Well, thanks for having me here. Be well. Thank you. Okay, you guys. That was really, um, felt really playful and refreshing for me. And I loved her energy. I felt like I was sitting with like an aunt and just receiving wisdom from her over tea. Um, yeah, it felt like family. And um, her answers were so much easier to take in than I thought they were going to be. I thought that it was going to be um, a lot more triggering for me and a lot um, harder truths to swallow. And yeah. So I'm so curious y'all's thoughts. I would love for y'all to leave a review Reviews make a huge difference on this show. And 
honestly, every time I get a review, I feel like someone sent me flowers. So if you want to send me some flowers, <laughs> I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode, or you can post it to your story and, and leave them there. I'll, I'll repost you. I'd love to see it. I'll thank my affiliates. Um, you can always go to jade-bryce.com to sign up for any of my courses. I've got one on healing the father wound. I've got one on, I've got one coming out about pleasure. Uh, so you can go look there. You can sign up for my newsletter, Pleasure Ponderings on that website, jade-bryce.com. I also am an affiliate for one of my favorite teachers, Richard Rudd, who created the Gene Keys. If you use the link in the show notes, you just swipe up on um, the screen that you're looking at when you're uh, listening to the show, swipe up, it'll send you to the show notes. The link is gene, G-E-N-E, keys.com forward slash the dash dream dash A-R-C forward slash R-E-F forward slash 1707 forward slash, but that's in the show notes, probably a lot easier. But if you click on that, it'll send you to this course about how to use your dreams for self-actualization. And it's an incredible, incredible tool. But if you use that link to even go to any of his other sites, whether it's on love or prosperity, then this show will get a small cut from your purchase. And that is one way you can support the show and also support yourself because the gene keys are a powerful, powerful tool. The best toys for sex at dameproducts.com. Code Jade gets you 15% off there. My favorite is the air, the AER, which is a suction toy. And uh, yeah. It's pretty powerful. I like to pair it with my pleasure wand or my yoni egg over from wands.com, W-A-A-N-D-S.com. Code Jade gets you a discount there as well. And I am in love with the cervical wand and the yoni egg, y'all. Like these are ancient, ancient tools. These are not new things. Like these are ancient tools and have so much power in using them not only for healing your pelvic floor, but for manifestation and in every course that I teach and in every one-on-one -on -one, um, uh, container that I hold, I always encourage people to use these tools and I'm available for teaching how to use them as well. And then all things infrared at higher dose, code Jade75 or $75 off. That's higher dose, D-O-S-E. Thank you so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. It would mean so much if you would leave a review, share an episode with a friend, you can also join me on Instagram at untamed and unashamed podcast. As always, be a light, stay open, and remember, you belong here. But we got what it takes for the circle to break. Revolution lives in me. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.